Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz, and it is a short game week for the SMU football team as they take on Tulane Thursday night in New Orleans. Um, Tulane obviously suffered its first conference loss uh, this past weekend to UCF. Uh, The Knights kind of jumped out to a big lead, and Tulane never really recovered. Um... Might take a little wind out of their sails, uh, but they are still in the driver's seat uh, for the conference tournament, although they would, I believe, now need some help to host it. Um, But right now they're in line um, for a rematch with UCF. Obviously they have a big one against Cincinnati coming up to end the season, which is why it almost feels like this could be a trap game for Tulane they're coming off their first loss in a long time they might be looking past SMU ahead to that season ending trip to Cincinnati um, that will have a lot on the line this is just it's an interesting game Um, you know obviously SMU has had Tulane's number the last handful of years I believe it's now seven straight ten of the last eleven um, in the series, but there have been some close games, and SMU's had to fight and claw and maybe even get a little lucky at the end of some. Um, I remember there was the homecoming game a few years ago that SMU stopped Tulane on the one or two inch line. Um, obviously, there was the overtime game. Um, so it's not that SMU has really run away with games uh, over that stretch. They've just found ways to win against Tulane. And they've done so against Tulane teams that, quite frankly, haven't been this good. Um, a little bit of that got exposed. You know, it's it's been a weird year for Tulane. They obviously had that massive win at Kansas State that put them on the map. Uh, they then turn around and lost to a, a Southern Miss team that's hasn't had a great season, uh, quite frankly. They then, you know, they beat Houston in overtime when Houston was still kind of figuring some things out. They're really their biggest conference win might be that East Carolina game, kind of with what East Carolina has been able to do this season, although they. Uh, took a tough loss uh, against Cincinnati this last week. Um, so I, I think it would be safe to say, yeah, Tulane's 5-1 and one in conference, but in the one game against a really good conference team, they lost. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate this, this group. Uh, Willie Fritz uh, seems to have them on the right track, and it was interesting uh, in both talking to uh, Coach Lashley about Tulane's really good defense. It's, you know, number one in the conference. And in talking to defensive lineman uh, Elijah Chapman just about 
Tulane's offense, both of them kind of said the same thing. They're really doing the same things they've done last year, previous years. They're just executing it better, and they're executing it at a high level. Um, They aren't doing anything too outrageous, too different. They're running their stuff. They're just doing it really, really well. Um, You know, their quarterback, he's in his uh, third year starting. He took over uh, as a true freshman. Um, Started all but one game that he missed last year. Has started every game. He missed the Houston game this year uh, for them. They were able to win that with their backup. But, um, you know, it's, it's tough to go on the road. I will say again, I don't know why I've always had it in my head that they were at Central Florida uh, the same weekend that SMU was at South Florida. Um, So they didn't have the travel of any of it, obviously on Saturday or on Thursday. Uh, They've been home for both of those, which is an advantage, but, you know, they had to fight UCF the entire game, whereas SMU was able to put some backups in late against South Florida with the game under control uh, with the way they played in the second half. Uh, I think that's advantage SMU. I, th- I think it, as we saw at the beginning of the season, those hard-fought close four-quarter games kind of take their toll on you a little bit, and there can be a little bit of carryover uh, into that next week, no matter what the situation. Uh, so even though SMU had to fly to and from Tampa, has to fly to and from to New Orleans before the game. Um, I really think that overall in the short week of things, SMU has the little bit of an advantage just by playing uh, a not-so-tough game this past Saturday. Uh, As far as Saturday's game goes, um, I don't think anybody expected the game to be tied at halftime. Um, Interesting to... Coach Lashley said it uh, on the radio after the game, said it again to us on Tuesday, talking about that fourth down play up 17-7. to um, It was at midfield. They had no intention of going for it. It was always going to be a punt, but he wanted to see if they could draw them off sides. Uh, you see on the replay, um, South Florida's uh, defensive end on that left side does – jump and he does come forward a little bit but he doesn't cross the line that's what got Hickman to snap the ball you know obviously on those plays the offensive line doesn't move to kind of further sell that defensive offsides Um, Tanner got that throw off uh, I believe to Dylan Goffney just a little too high for him to bring down next thing you know South Florida has a touchdown and uh and the game had a much different feel to it. Um, You know, Coach Lashley really liked the way the team was playing at that time. I think that's probably true. Um, The defense was giving some stuff up that it probably shouldn't have been giving up. The offense wasn't quite clicking. Um, All of that changed after halftime. Uh, The third quarter uh, was really the most dominant quarter of play I think this team has played all season to come out, to score touchdowns on all three drives in the quarter, uh, to not give up any points in the quarter. Of course, that carried over into the fourth with SMU taking the the fourth drive and getting a field goal out of it. Um, 
you know, South Florida does get that late touchdown with their backup, who I guess really started as their fourth string quarterback, uh, you know, with Bohannon out, with McLean transferring, and then obviously uh, their starter leaving the game with the injury. Um, I think you'd like to have that back, obviously. I think uh, you'd like to, to pitch the second half shutout, but you got a lot of backups in there. We're able to get them some experience. We're able to get the starters a little bit of rest in this short week. Um, I think you trade that a little bit. I think you trade those six points uh, for that. Um, obviously, you know, Jahari Rogers with his second, fourth quarter interception in the end zone in as many weeks, um, you know, was the, the one turnover in the game. I, I do think that was big as well because that stopped a drive that could have scored that, you know, maybe could have made some things interesting at the end that maybe could have forced SMU to keep its starters on the field. Uh, so that was, that was good to see. Always good to see those turnovers um, come up and, and be some big defensive stops for them. Um, Jordan Curley, massive game. Uh, you know, he had that kind of over-the-shoulder drop uh, on a ball that it looked like Tanner ran up and placed in his hands. Uh, that was a tough one, but he hey, everything else that went his way, uh, he caught. Had that big 70-yard touchdown. Um, you know, that's a play that is drawn up for him, um, and it was executed, and I would expect that that will be uh, an option at some point against the the Tulane secondary to to get them a little out of position um, and to try and break a break a big one that really that's what's made Tulane good is that they don't give up those big plays but uh, you know they gave up those early long runs to John Rice Plumley so they they do give them up to good players making good plays. Uh, and I think SMU has some good players on offense, and I think they've got some good plays. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if SMU can uh, break one or even two or three against Tulane and uh, kind of get a an advantage in in that regard. Uh, defensively, you know, again, gonna face a team that's got a top running back uh, in this conference. Last week it was the number three rusher in the conference with uh, Brian Batty out of South Florida. This week it's the number two rusher uh, that Tulane's got with uh, Ty J Spears. You know he's at 875 yards, 10 touchdowns, averages just under 90 yards a game, um, averages over six yards a carry. That'll be a test for this defense, uh, especially up front, especially in that middle where uh, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston. Terrence Newman are. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game because as much as I think will be made of Tulane's number one pass defense versus SMU's number one pass offense, I really think it's going to come down to SMU's defense. Um, and I think they've shown some signs of, of doing some really good things while also uh, having some really bad moments out there. Obviously, the Houston game is... Uh, with the exception of the three interceptions, is almost uh, an entire four quarters of bad moments. Um, 
and there were some some questionable things early in that USF game, but I think they probably take a lot of confidence from that third quarter and start of the fourth quarter, um, settling in, making plays, and uh, not giving anything up points-wise in that regard. Um, so we will get into... Uh, some of my keys to the game, my prediction, and a couple other notes going into this one when we come back. This is the Pony Stampede Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast again. I am your host, Jordan Hoffaditz. We are talking SMU at Tulane Thursday Night Football on ESPN. Um, some keys to the game, you run the ball. Uh, I think what we've seen from Tyler Levine the last three weeks, um, has shown what this team looks like when you can run the ball. You know, he's running over guys. He's getting short yardage. He's then also getting in space for some big runs. And then to have Kamar Wheaton healthy and do what he did, uh, this past week says a lot too. Uh, thought it was funny that both of them ended up with the same number of rushing yards. I believe 112 is what they both finished with. Um, Kamar with his first two collegiate touchdowns. Uh, Tyler got back in the end zone again. Um, first time since 2019 that SMU has had two 100-yard rushers in the same game. And really haven't had, I mean, that's only the second time this season that they've had or third time with uh, Levine's game last week, that they've had a 100-yard rusher at all uh, this season. Uh, it was the the C, the game against Lamar that uh, Velton hit 100 and McDaniel was just under it. Uh, and then obviously Levine's last couple and Kamar's uh, last week. But, you know, run the ball. It keeps the defense honest. It keeps them on their toes if you're going to – disrupt Tulane's pass defense uh, you've got to get to them on the run a little bit and have that in the back of their minds that kind of creeps into the front of their minds uh, while they're trying to defend guys um, so I mean that's just something that's got to happen is they've got to show that they can run the ball that nice little one-two punch lightning and thunder whatever you want to call it with uh, Levine and Kamar uh, hopefully that will be on full display again Thursday night. Um, another key is execution. Uh, I think, 
you know, we talked about it on the, the live game thread. You know, some of those drops early, you know, um, I think Tanner is playing at a really high level right now, and his numbers could have been pretty ridiculous. Uh, Rasheed had uh, a bad drop. Obviously, the, the curly one I mentioned, that over-the-shoulder toss that seemed to be placed perfectly there that he didn't quite haul in. Um, against a good defense and against a good pass defense, you aren't going to have a ton of those opportunities. So when they're there, they've got to catch the ball, they've got to hold on to the ball, they've got to complete the play. Um, and that's on all of them. That's, you know, it's on Tanner to get the ball to them in a good place, and it's up to those receivers to make those plays. Um, there's just, there's, there's got to be that extra attention to detail. You know, obviously Rasheed's been playing through a, a semi-significant injury um, for a long time now. Curly obviously has been in and out with injuries, but, you know, if you're on the field, you've got to make those plays, and that will be uh, very big this week. Uh, and then third, switching back to the defense, um, got to limit big plays. Um, you know, South Florida was able to, to hit big on that trick play uh, after the fourth down stop, you know, didn't get them to jump, snapped it, incomplete pass situation. Um, you know, make Tulane's offense is not bad, but it is not as good as some of the offenses that this defense has seen this season. Um, they've got to make them earn it. You can't give up the big play. And again, got to get turnovers. You know, again, it's been weird. Sure, it's about winning the turnover battle, but even just games where they've gotten a turnover, they've had a better success rate and better win percentage than when they don't force a turnover at all. Um, you know, whether it's early to turn the tide of the game, like the the Nick Roberts interceptions against Houston, or whether it's late to kind of seal the wins, like the couple of Jahari Rogers interceptions the last couple weeks. Um, you know, those, those turnovers, they just make a difference. They're momentum shifters. They kind of deal a blow to the other team. Um, and obviously get you a, an extra possession and, and sometimes get you an extra possession in good field position. Uh, so those, I mean, they've, they've kind of been the same keys for a while now, but there's a reason that teams that do those things win. It's because they're important. Um, and this week it is no different. Um, you know, it's it's tough on this one. Uh, I've gone back and forth with it. I think SMU wins a close game. I think this is where we maybe finally see uh, this SMU team at its best, um, putting up a good fight on the road against a good team and finding a way to pull out, you know, a three-point win. You know, whether that comes from a late field goal, whether it comes from getting a late stop, um, whatever it is, you know, I, I kind of have a 27-24, 31-28 vibe to this game. You know, it's it's not going to be a 77-63 shootout situation. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a, you know, dominate the second half, pull away by... 17, 18 points, uh, like South Florida situation. Uh, I think this is going to be a game that 
SMU is going to have to grind out and uh, get some stops late, make some big plays on both sides of the ball, and just find a way to have a couple more points on the scoreboard at the end of the night. Um, you know, it's it's senior night for Tulane. It's their last home game. You know, if they lose out, it could be their last. You know, they could not make the conference tournament at all, the conference championship game at all. I mean, there's a lot riding on this one for Tulane, and they're not going to let SMU come in and take it. They're not going to give it to SMU. SMU's going to have to take it. And I think at this point of the season, when this team is right, which it's looking the most right it's been, it has the ability to go in somewhere and, and take a game. Uh, and that's just what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to find uh, ways to get enough done on offense to maybe get Rodgers in field goal range and, and to just get points on the board. Uh, they're going to have to do enough on defense to maybe force field goals instead of giving up touchdowns. And it's going to be those uh, kind of little battles at the end of drives. Uh, and, you know, how many more times can you, you know, finish that drive in the end zone than with a field goal than the other guy? I think it should be a good game. Uh, I think early it showed maybe some rain, but looks like that rain's gone. It's going to be a you know, still going to probably be pretty cold out there, you know, November football. And uh, this team wanted to be playing well in November, wanted to win November games. Well, they're, you know, they're 2-0 and in November. And if you just extend that a couple more days, you know, they're 3-0 and since late October. Um, and this is one they'll, they'll really want to get. I think they've got a good shot to do it. Um, you know, you can read... Uh, have a story up about Jordan Curley and kind of his injury battles and what he's done when he's been able to be on the field. Uh, have a story about Elijah Chapman and just kind of his leadership on on the defensive line and for the defense coming later today. Uh, we'll obviously have the game preview and that kind of game capsule, uh, what you need to know about the matchup also coming in late Wednesday early Thursday for the Thursday night game. Um, as always, like and subscribe to the Pony Stampede podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to PonyStampede.com and 24-7. Um, got a lot of good stuff up. Obviously, basketball season has started and is underway. Uh, we have live game threads both for football and for basketball. Uh, Texas high school playoffs are underway. Um, I've been out to a couple games with some SMU recruits, uh, planning to do that again this weekend. Um, so got some good stuff on there for you. Uh, join in the conversation during this one, uh, and we'll see you in New Orleans. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.